Dreams have a way of unsettling us, even when we know they aren't real. Whether you dream of a world that's like your own but different, or you have full-blown reoccurring nightmares, dreams, and the emotions that they bring, can sometimes follow us into real life. Though most of us ignore our dreams and move on, sometimes certain dreams just won't let you go. They haunt you. And sometimes, they end up telling us little secrets about the dead. My name is Brienne, and I'm the host and creator of Among the Dirt and Trees, a show where we explore true crime cases that occur out in nature. In today's episode, we're going to discuss the 1827 murder of Maria Martin, a young woman who dealt with a string of careless lovers until it finally killed her. To fully understand the extent of this case, one that involves lost children, criminal charges for bearing illegitimate children, a whirlwind elopement, and a series of prophetic dreams, I have to tell you several different stories about several different people. This was not a crime that was clear on day one. It was not a crime that anyone really knew about until much later. So, the story unfolds in a series of parts. First, we need to talk about Maria. Maria was a vibrant and enthusiastic 24-year-old young woman who had a completely age-appropriate interest in the charming men around her. Unfortunately, at the time, the way that she went about it wasn't exactly smiled upon. Or even really legal at the time. Throughout her young years, she would end up pregnant from three different men, which in 1827 was a pretty big deal. Her first child, born to a man with the last name of Quarter, passed away. Her second child, a boy named Thomas, was healthy, but the father, being from a wealthier family than Maria's, had no interest in being in the picture and paid her money each month to care for the child instead. Her third child was born to William Corder, the first man's younger brother. William Corder was not what was generally considered to be the best guy. In fact, he had a fairly troubled past, and present, and we would find future. When Maria met William, it was only because he was in town because his father had passed away and his brothers were left incapacitated following a bout of tuberculosis. His history in the town was not a good one. Rather, it was one that was lined with petty crimes that he used to make money and dazzle women, like stealing his father's pigs and selling them before he could intervene. I suspect that this is why he wasn't in town up until this point. But he and Maria formed a relationship, and when she ended up pregnant, she expected that he would do what none of the other men did and marry her. He seemed to agree with this and pointed out that the constable had plans to publicly whip her for multiple pregnancies out of wedlock, which was apparently a thing. The obvious solution was to elope so that she could be saved. He told Maria that the constable was closing in, that they had to act fast, so the couple made a plan. At least, William Corder did. 
he told Maria to dress up like a man and meet him at the barn at the edge of town. From there, they would elope and start a new life in the city. Maria was thrilled, and the plan was underway. Her parents knew of the plan, and while I don't know if they were overly fond of Quarter, I do believe that they were somewhat pleased with the arrangement because it meant that Maria's poor reputation in the town might be restored at least a little bit. They waved her off, and she began her new life in the city. Months would pass. For the time being, it seemed that Maria was off living her best life, and this would begin her parents' story. This story involved her father, Thomas Martin, and her stepmom, Anne Martin. During her absence, Maria's parents regularly traded letters with the newlywed couple. At least, one side of it. Maria's parents would often receive letters from Quarter, offering little insights into their new life together. Maria, he said, could not write her own letters because she had injured her hand and was unable to write. Quarter would also routinely return to the town, but Maria was never with him. Her parents waited, living on each bit of information regarding their daughter's new life. Every time Quarter dropped by to visit, he seemed to have a new excuse about where she was. He told her parents how busy she was, and they took it as a sign that her life was changing in a positive way. At least for a little while. With time, the excuses got a little less believable and seemed to involve newly evolving circumstances that made it constantly impossible for them to connect. She's busy turned into her letters must have gotten lost in the mail and with time, her parents began to suspect that something strange might be going on. It wasn't like Maria to be so out of touch, but she was a woman now. Things were different, and she did have her own life in another city. At some point, Anne Martin began to find herself in a constant state of unrest. Multiple times, she dreamed that Maria was dead. In her dreams, she said that Maria was buried under the floor of the red barn at the edge of town. Now, this was just a rotten old barn at the edge of town. Its floor was really just dirt, and it was hardly a structure at all. Later on, after this morbid story would captivate the masses, the red barn would be torn down piece by piece and made into novelty toothpicks. I don't know if Thomas Martin wanted to put Anne's mind to rest, or if he was just tired of her bringing up the dreams. When he asked her why she didn't speak up about the bad dreams sooner, she basically just told him that she thought they were only dreams and that she didn't want him to think that she was being superstitious, which seems totally fair to me. She didn't want to worry him. Or maybe she just wanted to ignore the dreams, hoping that they would go away. When they didn't, she finally told Thomas that he should go look for his daughter in the barn. At this point... I think it's safe to say that he was probably humoring her a little when he agreed to go. I'm sure they were both a little nervous about Maria being so out of touch, and they probably both assumed that the worry was manifesting itself in the form of these nightmares. It is a completely logical conclusion. But 
Anne's dreams kept nagging at her until she had to wonder if it was a mother's intuition instead. Thomas explored the barn, looking for any indicator that something tragic had happened in the barely standing structure. It was then that he noticed a strange curve to the dirt. It could have been nothing, right? Just a pile of dirt. But with his wife's words weighing on his mind, he grew suspicious. By trade, Thomas Martin was a mole catcher. He had one tool in particular that he thought might put his mind to rest, and this is actually a little gruesome. Thomas grabbed his mole-catching spike and shoved it into the mysterious pile of dirt. When he pulled it out, it had a chunk of flesh, and the smell of the dead filled the air. At this point, Thomas is filled with dread. He begins digging, hoping to prove himself wrong, but there, just beneath the dirt, was a human skeleton wrapped in a bag. He saw familiar long hair and a green handkerchief tied around the person's neck. He abandoned his efforts, suddenly too upset to continue. Thomas ran back to his wife, demanding to know what color handkerchief Maria had been wearing when she left in her disguise. He knew the answer, and Anne confirmed it. The handkerchief was green. Devastated, they reported the crime to the constable. At this point, the story shifts back to William Corder, who had recently been proven to be a liar and a murderer, as far as anybody could tell. And I'm honestly a little surprised that he took the approach that he did, because it seems like he was always destined to get caught this way. I feel like it would have been much easier to say that Maria vanished or something, but instead he made up an entire fictional life for her, acting like she was still there, so... When they found her. If he wanted to guarantee that they knew he was the murderer when her body was found, he did a really great job of that. In record time, the constable was knocking on his door asking if he knew a young woman named Maria Martin. Quarter, having a funny relationship with the truth, immediately replied that he knew no one by that name. I'm not sure if he panicked or actually thought that this was going to work, but it was definitely the wrong move. Still, it took police a minute to untangle that because Carter had a story of his own from the last year or so. The constable expected to find a man living by himself and pretending to have a wife. What they didn't expect, because this was 1827 and Maury hadn't even been born yet, was for him to actually have a wife when they got there. At this point, this could have been a very different story. That could have been a different young woman that Thomas Martin found in the old barn. It could have been someone else's tragedy. And Maria Martin, or rather Maria Corder, as she was supposed to be, could have been standing at the door when police dropped by. 
but Maria wasn't there. Another woman was. Quarter's actual bride. And that wasn't all. This wasn't just the wayward man that had been described to police. This was a respectable man in the city who was running a boarding school for young women alongside his wife. And that was true. Unfortunately, his wife was unaware that the other prominent woman in his life had recently been murdered, and there was no question regarding who did it. News of what happened spread like wildfire. Prophetic dreams and a scandal of epic proportions were more than enough to catch the interest of the public, and people wanted to see Corder burn for his crimes. The courtroom was packed, and people flocked to the town where the trial was taking place. They actually sold tickets to the court case like it was some kind of spectacle. But I did learn a really unfair fact at this point. They actually banned all women from the court case, which all of my fellow lady true crime fans will agree is definitely an unforgivable act of sexism because this was a scandal at the time. This was drama. But anyway, they did this entire song and dance, ultimately finding that poor Maria was shot, stabbed, and strangled. I don't know if Corder was really paranoid about making sure that she was dead or if he was just a very ineffective killer. Some theories suggest that she might have actually been buried alive despite everything. Police also found evidence that suggested that Corder actually had plans to flee the country. I'm not sure if his new wife was going to go with him or if he was just going to add another victim to his list before running off again. When he was found guilty, he blamed the press for their coverage of the case and tried to tell the courts that she killed herself and he only buried her because he panicked. You know, like you do. Again, I think this just shows what a crappy liar Corder was. It's not exactly a good take to suggest that a young woman shot, stabbed, and strangled herself. But then he tried to say that they had an argument, and during a scuffle, he shot her on accident. But obviously at this point, nobody cared what he had to say. They just wanted his blood. In the end, Corder was executed by hanging. Closure was found in this case, but for me, something sticks out. The dreams. Was Anne Martin really having these prophetic dreams? Was it just a lucky guess and the fear that something was wrong with her daughter? Or is there a chance that she knew or suspected what actually happened and disguised it as a dream? It's certainly something interesting to think about. I think I've mentioned this before, but in my AP psych class back in high school, all those moons ago, we had to do a 20-page paper as our final project, and I did mine on parapsychology because I think it's pretty interesting and fun. And I was really shocked to learn how many crimes are said to have been solved from dreams, visions from mediums, and things of that nature. 
I don't know if I believe all of the things that I've come across, or even most, if I'm being honest. It isn't that I don't believe that things like this are necessarily possible, but the skeptic in me has to wonder about the motive behind these kinds of claims. I would be interested to know if there's more to the story where Anne Martin's mysterious dreams are involved. However she came by the information, I am just glad that Maria's killer was forced to pay for his crimes. You might think I just mean his death, but the punishment actually went well beyond that. His body was pulled apart, and they peeled all of his skin off. That skin was then taken and turned into a book cover on a book that told the story of his crimes. I know it's gruesome, but I think we can all agree that it certainly makes a statement. I just hope that Corder's wife realized how lucky she might have been that police showed up to take him away. So, if you want to discuss the practice of turning human flesh into book covers, reasons why you should never agree to meet someone in a creepy barn, or just how devastating it is that terrible laws led this young woman to her death, feel free to contact me on Twitter or Instagram using the tag at datpod. Thanks, guys. <laughs>